I'm excited to be here today. It's the first week of 2021. I could, I could be really cheesy and say that now's the time that we make a change. Now the time that we, we shift the direction that we're going and we start over new in 2021. But the fact of the matter is, is that you might be watching this and it's not January 3rd, 2021, but it's 2022. So no matter at what time that you're watching this or listening to this, what we talk about today, what we talk through this collection, the blessing, the breaking, it can have an impact on your life at any time, any year, any season. So I'm excited to open up our series, Blessed and Breaking. And we're gonna be talking through the different areas of our lives that often keep us in bondage and keep us enslaved in sin. And so before I even get started, my title for today is Breaking Broke. Two words, Breaking Broke. And I won't even, I'm not gonna get into it yet. First, I need to talk about what does a blessed life look like? Because we're gonna spend this next collection, this next series talking about a blessed life. Let's all get on the same page of what a blessed life looks like. And if we simplify it down to the most simple thing, a blessed life is us being drawn closer to the Lord. Plain and simple, nothing else. It's, it's, it's not guaranteeing that we're gonna be better off financially. It's not guaranteeing that we're gonna have a bit, we're gonna have fewer relationship problems. It's not guaranteeing that we're gonna find a man, that we're gonna get a new car, that we're gonna do all of these things. But what a blessed life guarantees is that we'll be drawn closer to the Lord. So, the results of living a blessed life is we'll be less anxious, we'll be more secure, we'll sleep better at night. I woke up this, I, I always sleep through the night, always sleep through the night. And this week I woke up at 2.30 on like Tuesday morning and could not go back to bed. It's been the entire time super getting off topic. Spent the entire time preparing for this message because of the word that God wants to share with us today. We will find real fulfillment when we're living a blessed life. We'll stop calculating every social move that we make in order to climb a social ladder. We won't, we won't be worried about if we miss this party, are we still going to be friends with the people? If we don't go on this trip, will I still be the friends with the people? If, if, if I say no to drinking, will they still think that I'm cool? We won't be calculating any of these things because we'll be living a blessed life and we will experience real peace when we live a blessed life. And, and so my topic today, we're going to be speaking on the topic of the spirit of money. And as a child, I was consumed, consumed with this desire, with this longing, with this want to be rich one day. Uh, honestly, from like the age of five or six, every, not every, but most of my waking thoughts were consumed with, how can I make money? How can I further myself? How can I become rich one day? And, and I started to live in this bondage that, that sin had trapped me in that the spirit of money had placed me in. And it wasn't until I was 15 years old, I was, it's like March of 2012, I'm standing, I'm in Haiti. I spent a whole week in Haiti. I'm serving people. I'm on a mission trip. I'm supposed to be like the poster child of, of what it looks like to follow God. And I am so lost, so broken. And I am serving for a week, playing with kids, cleaning up, painting houses, all the things. Ryan, were you there on that trip? Okay, he was there on that trip, um, and it is the very last morning, and 
I am standing on the outside of this building. It's a cinder block building. Leanne, it's good to see you. Sitting on, standing on this cinder block building, and I'm brushing my teeth because we've all shared a room with a bathroom, and it had, it had one sink in it. And in order for like 15 guys that slept in military cots with mosquito nets to all brush their teeth, it's not that practical. Sharing a bathroom, it's, it's difficult. But I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm watching the sunrise. And it's in that moment that it hit me how lost, how broken, and how in need of a savior I am. And so I know it's, I know it's weird, but I've got a, a toothbrush in my mouth. I've got Crest toothpaste. I'm brushing my teeth. And I just, I just, I start to break down. It's in that moment that, that I believed in my heart that I confessed with my mouth that Jesus was my Lord and Savior and that he, he rose from the grave. And at this moment, that's when God started to break me free of this bondage of, of the spirit of money. But, but just because I was saved, it didn't mean that I was fully broken. It was just the start. It was just the beginning. So today I want to look at some of the ways that, that can help us break free from the spirit of money. And I'm going to give you some stats. Tim, hopefully you'll like these. 58% of Americans, not like these, maybe you'll find them interesting, statistics, you know, accounting things. 58% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. 50% of Americans' households live paycheck to paycheck. And over 40% of student loan, student loan borrowers aren't making any payments. And so today we're going to be talking about the spirit of money. Yes, there is a spirit on our money. And most oftentimes it's evil, but it can also be blessed. And so you may be sitting there and you may be saying, well, Michael, I don't think there's an actual spirit on our money. And let me ask you this question. Have you ever been called to give? Has God ever called you to give more than what you normally give? And then your money starts to talk back. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's all good and all. But maybe we should wait. Maybe we should make sure that we can make it through. And your money starts to talk to you. So your money most definitely has a spirit on it and it keeps us from living a blessed life and it always leads us to being broke. So if you never want to be broke again, you want your money to be blessed, let's turn to the word and let's look at how we can never be broke again. But first, let me tell you a story about this family. This family decided to start over new, to start over fresh. They, they went out, they found a new apartment. It was, it was bigger, there was an extra bedroom. Nobody had to share any bathrooms. They, they decided that their, their cars, still nice cars, but they went out to get new cars because 2019 is in 2021. So they went out and they bought new cars. Then they decided that their, their Ross clothes, their H&M, their Forever 21, which if any of y'all are wondering, this is all, all of this, H&M. All of it, all of it. Um, shoes, $45 on ASOS. Um, but they decided that they wanted to go out and get the name brand things. Go to Nordstrom's, go to Lulu, go to Louie, get themselves a new, new purse. Not fake, but the real stuff. They didn't go to New York and buy it off the street. They got the real things. Then they walked by the Apple store and they got the new iPhone 12 because of course you need the new iPhone. I don't know when this iPad came out. This iPad, Dad, I stole it from you. It was yours a long time ago. I've had it for a couple of years. It's, uh, 
It's like after seven years when they can't file anything. That's, that's, that's what happened here. But they go out, they get the iPods, they, they get the iPhones, they get the AirPods. They get all new cars, all new apartment, new clothing. And the best part is that they were broke. They couldn't afford it. And, and all of us would agree that it's not a wise financial decision. You, you definitely shouldn't do that with your money. You, you should, it was nothing that they needed. It was only things that they wanted. And so, so many of us don't go out and we don't go out and buy all new things, but we do go out and we buy something that we shouldn't. We go out and, and, and we justify to ourselves that, that we do need this iPhone 12 even though we have the 11. And, and so we go out and we buy something that we can't afford, that we don't need, but we still buy it anyway. And the result of this is that we're being bound to our money. We're being bound to the spirit of money. So let me ask us a couple of questions to help us identify if we are bound by the spirit of money. Are you chasing after something that's never satisfied? Solomon, King Solomon, he, he was the wisest, the richest man ever lived, he legitimately had all of the things. I don't know how many wives, how many concubines, but uh, 40,000 horses. He had so much. Like Jeff Bezos, who is that guy? Solomon was so rich. And when he starts to talk about our worldly material, materialism, money, he says, vanity of vanities. It's, it's all worthless. It's all pointless. It all fades. So are you chasing after something that's never satisfied? Do you always Another way to identify if we're bound by the spirit of money is, are you living beyond your means? Maybe you haven't thanked the source for what you have. When was the last time that you thanked God for the car that you're driving? Even if the transmission goes out, Cameron, when was the last time that you thanked God for that car that you drove for a while? When was the last time that you thanked God for the apartment that most of the time the hot water is hot? When was the last time that you thanked the source what you have. Another good question to ask ourselves is, would you consider yourself generous? Would the people around you consider yourself generous? Are you like me as a child, and do you constantly think about being rich one day? Maybe not even how to get there, but just one day, somehow, some way, I'm going to be rich. But my last question how to identify whether we're bound by the spirit of money. Is your money telling you what to do? Or are you telling your money what to do? So we know that we need to break free from the spirit of money so that we can live a blessed life. And the spirit of money is a lot like this. One day, he got a Tupperware container. I got a Tupperware container here. And he pooped in the Tupperware container. Yeah, pooped in the Tupperware container. This is what the spirit of money, this is what being bound by the spirit of money is a lot like. He pooped in the Tupperware container and he put it in the back seat of this girl's car. I know, I know it's not a good move, it's not a good move. High school boys, middle school boys don't get any ideas. Nope, could potentially go to jail now. 
nowadays. So he poops in this Tupperware container and he puts it in the back of this girl's car. And this girl, she had no idea it was there. It was contained, it was sealed, it was tucked away, out of sight, out of mind, but it was still there. At the end of the day, it was still there. And many times, we think about our love of money, we think about the spirit of money like the poop in the Tupperware. It's in the container, it's closed, it's contained, it's sealed, it's got the inside, mom, you know, the nice Rubbermaid Tupperware thing. And in this issue, this bondage of money that we have in our life, it's concealed, it's contained, it's not going anywhere. We can't smell it, we can't feel it, it's, it's in the back. But what if that Tupperware container sat in the girl's car long enough? Eventually, it's gonna, it's gonna break out and it is going to be a mess and it is gonna leave that car just in a disaster, in a wreck. And the same thing will happen to us if we allow ourselves to continue to be bound by the spirit of money. I need more hands, I need more hands. Family, this is where we're, we're getting athletic here. So, maybe, the spirit of money contained, concealed. And we're not addressing it in our lives. At some point, it's going to leave us broke. Maybe it's not going to leave us broke financially, but it's, it'll definitely leave us broke spiritually. And I, and I feel like for a lot of us, it's, it leaves us broke financially more often than it does spiritually. But either way, broke is broke. And so if we're sitting there, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, how do I break free from the bondage of money? I've got three ways, three-point preaching. I've got three ways for us to break free from the spirit of money. And let me go ahead and tell you this. I cannot break free from the spirit of money for you. Coming to church will not break you free from the spirit of money. Giving all that you have will not break you free from the spirit of money. The only thing that's going to break you free from the spirit of money at the end of the day is your relationship with God. Amen. And so my first point with how to break free from the spirit of money is to love God. Matthew 6, you can write that down if you're taking notes. We'll see. I'm going to ask you a question. By the time we get to point number three, I hope that we can answer it all together. But point number one to break in the spirit of money is to love God. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so Jesus is on the mountain. This is the Sermon on the Mount. You can see it in two different places, Matthew and Luke. This is Matthew chapter six. And, and it's interesting that Jesus says you cannot. It's a definite, no ifs, no ands, no buts. You cannot serve both God and money. But many of us think that we can. Many of us think that we can chase after God while also being pulled back. I had a, I had some rope. I thought it would be cool to cut it, but it was, it was getting all over the place. And so a lot of us, we think that we can seek after God. We think that we can seek after his face. We think that we can walk in his blessing while also still being bound to the spirit of money. And, and, and so we're doing good. We're walking 
we're seeking after the Lord, but then all of a sudden, it's a new year. We need a new apartment. We gotta be able to brag to our people that our apartment has marble countertops. And we get drawn back into the spirit of money because we need these marble countertops. Or maybe we need the extra bedroom. And then we get refocused and we start walking back and we're, we're seeking after the Lord. We're seeking his face. We're spending time with him. And then we get drugged back because we need a new Tahoe so that all the other moms and all the other dads, Tahoe is a great dad car. All the other dads need to see that car that we have in the carpool line. And then we get refocused. We get refocused. And we start to walk after God. We start to see his face. We start to pursue him. And we decide that we need the new. Where's Jesse? Where's Jesse? Jesse, this is. Oh, he's in the live stream room. Jesse, man, Jesse. But we're seeking after God, and, and we decide that we need the new Nike Yeezy Red October 2s. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? They're very expensive shoes. And so we allow the spirit of money to, to pull us back. We allow ourselves to be bound by the spirit of money so that people will be willing to talk to us about our shoes. Again, these are $45 shoes. They've been good. They've been faithful just like the Lord. So, at the end of the day, when we put our trust, when we put our time, when we put our money, when we put our time, when we put our trust, when we put our hope into money, it leaves us broke. It leaves us empty. Money never satisfies. It's always longing for more. I got some surprises. The first surprise, which, does anybody know how much a hamster wheel costs? They're surprisingly inexpensive. I bought one last night at 845, right next to Kolal, kind of ran some miles. But when we put our trust, when we put our hope into our money, it's like being on a hamster wheel. And I know it's cheesy, and I know it's a hamster wheel, but we legitimately get nowhere. We get nowhere closer to God. We continue to work after these things, and eventually they're going to fade. Eventually they're going to go away. Eventually we are going to grow tired and weary, and we're going to break down, and we're going to realize the need that we need for a Lord and Savior, but we're going to be in the same spot that we were one year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So do you want to break the spirit of money today, or do you want to wait until you have no other options? So Sam, this is a, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Money promises us the things that only God can give us. Money promises us fulfillment in areas that only God can, can, can fulfill. And the first step to breaking the spirit of money is to love God. The second step to breaking the spirit of money is to love people. Surprise. If you don't, if you haven't been to Authentic very much, if you haven't been through our culture class, Authentic is all about loving God, loving people. And what's the third one? Impacting the kingdom. So the second way that we can break free from the spirit of money is by loving people. Matthew 16, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. 
And so I think all of us can agree that our treasures on heaven is money. Got this little bottom ones and fives. Is money. Materialism, anything that we strive after to purchase with nice good old cold hard cash. But I think it's interesting here that in verse 20 it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither where neither moth nor rust destroy. And so what are treasures in heaven? Again, if we simplify things to the most simple point, what is the only thing that we can take with us when we go to heaven? What's the only thing that we take with us? It's our spirit. We can't take our things. We can't take our belongings. We can only take our spirit. So I'm going to let this little piece of marble that I got at Home Depot, the guy really did not want to help me. He was sitting in the chair, and I was like, hey, do you have any marble samples? He's like, ah, behind the wall, there might be some, maybe, hopefully. But again, the Lord provided, got this piece of marble. It's going to represent the souls laying up treasures in heaven. So Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Oh, man. Treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And I know this is, this is a little silly and this is a little absurd. I got another thing in the stage. Cameron Miller, we have a firefighter here, so in case any of y'all are getting nervous, it's okay, we have a firefighter. Sam Dan's not here this week, but I was thinking of Sam Dan for this. When we put our hope, when we put our trust, when we long after, Aaron, don't freak out, it's okay, we got a firefighter on the front row. At the end of the day, I can guarantee you, oh man, if we put these things, that bind us, that leave us in bondage. If I put this in the fire, it's gonna burn. But I promised Mac I wouldn't burn down the church, so I'm not going to put it in the fire. And I had some water here just in case. I can pour it out on. But moth and rust destroys it every single time. But what's interesting is that our souls. They're not destroyed. They're not tarnished. They, they, they don't burn up. They don't fade away. I need to get rid of this. Give me some self-control, please. And, and so my question is, are you focusing more on the things of this world that are going to fade, that are going to burn, that are going to go up in flames? Are you focusing more on the souls? Are you focusing on... It's going to go away. It's going to burn. I wish it was burned, but the souls, those are the only things. If there's one thing that I can guarantee you is that there is a heaven and a hell and that we're going to spend eternity in one of the two places. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So you're more concerned with the souls or the money in your bank account. The third way 
that we can break free from the spirit of money is impact the kingdom. And what's one way that we can impact the kingdom? It's to give. The most powerful thing that we can do with our money is to give it back. Luke 16, 10 through 12 said, this is the same account. This is Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6 and Luke 16. It's the same message. Matthew's just giving it from his perspective. Luke's giving it from his. So Luke says, to the one who's faithful in a little is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in a little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? Verse 11, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? So how can we take this unrighteous wealth and turn it into righteous wealth? Simple, easy, we tithe. It's giving 10%. I would rather have 90% of something that's blessed than 100% of something that's cursed. It's, it's one of my favorite sayings that we have here at Authentic. But if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, the cash, who will entrust you the true riches souls? We could be sitting here and we could be thinking, well, that's great, Michael. Awesome. I would love to give, but I don't have, I don't have enough to give. I don't have anything to be generous with. And at the end of the day, we all got here somehow. We're all sitting here somehow. We all have clothes on somehow. So we do have something to give. And if we allow this, this, this mindset, this mentality of, well, I don't have enough right now, when I have more than I will give, it will do nothing but push us more into the bondage and keep us into the spirit of money. And it won't allow us to break free until we're willing to give, until we're willing to be faithful with the little that we have. So let me challenge you to do two things this week. Let me give you two practical things that we can do this week to help break us free from the spirit of money. The first one is find someone to serve. Oh yeah, find someone to serve. Go ahead tonight, ask God to reveal someone to you this week that you can serve. Maybe, kids, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad. In, in laundry, nobody likes doing laundry. And so maybe one great way for you to serve your parents this week is by just doing a load of laundry. Maybe it's for your neighbors. Binghams, maybe you need to serve your neighbors this week. You realize that they've got some kids. Offer to take the kids in this one night. Send them out for a date night. Maybe, 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 maybe a single mom lives next to you with three kids. Anybody has a single mom living next to them with three kids? Listen up. Maybe you're supposed to walk over and knock on her door and say, hey, I will take care of the kids. Go get yourself a mani and a petty. Nothing solves anything like a good manicure. Pedicure, pedicure your feet. The second practical thing that we can do is to take a little bit of money, however much a little bit means to you. If it's a dollar, take a dollar. If it's five, five, if it's a hundred, a hundred. Put that money in your pocket and, and walk out on Monday. Walk out of your front door on Monday 
knowing that you're gonna give it to somebody. Who? You don't know yet. But you have it in your front pocket. I don't even carry around cash. But have that cash in your front pocket ready to give to somebody this week, ready to bless somebody this week. And so at the end of the day, the spirit of money, we, we can't break free from it by simply giving. We can give everything that we have and still be bound in the spirit of money. It is a heart problem. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's all about the heart. So it's not until that you truly love God that we'll be able to break free from this bondage. So if you're sitting in your seat and you're saying to yourself, Michael, I don't know God. I want to have a relationship with him. I want to be broken free from this bondage of money. I don't want to feel like I'm backed into a corner every single day, day in and day out. Come find me. Come find Sam. Come find Cameron, Victoria, anybody that you see. Come find us. We would love to walk with, walk through with you how you can have a real personal relationship with the God who created you today. So, I can't do any more. I, I prepared as much as I possibly could. I told you everything that the Lord taught me. It's gonna be up to you this week whether you're gonna make a change, whether you're gonna choose to no longer be living in bondage to the spirit of money or whether you're gonna break free into a life of blessing.